As soon as you say yes, Mirov. I mean, that's his plan. <laughs> that's literally all I'm waiting on is your permission, Mirov. <laughs> You guys like actually set a date or anything? I don't remember. No, it's a uh, hesitantly 2022. <laughs> wow, that's so far, dude. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's what you got to do in this yeah. day and age. Yeah, I mean, we actually fair. moved our our reception uh, to next year. Yeah, that's a good plan. Yeah, my. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, we're actually thinking about doing it early and just doing like a reception, uh, like a year or two from now. Yeah, mm. we discovered really quick that things cost a lot of money. They do. Yep. They do. <laughs> so does just like the yep. permit and stuff cost a lot of money? Oh no, the they actually getting married is only about a hundred bucks. Well, it depends on the state. Yeah. North Carolina, it's sixty for the license, fifty for the magistrate to perform the ceremony. And ten it's for like the a, certificate. A hundred bucks, just over a hundred bucks total to get married at the is, courthouse. Okay, that's not bad. I See, made so cool. many Phoenix Wright jokes in the courthouse. Did I not, Tim? You did. <laughs> Look, we were in a courtroom. I had to slam the we're, desk we and yell objection. Oath. That's all I could do. <laughs> I had to slam the desk and yell objection. Did you object? When, to when we brought the parrot in as a witness, no. that was the weird <laughs> part. But I mean, getting the orca—that was some doing, but worth it. Nice. No, so you gotta so do what you gotta do. Elizabeth's twin sister was one of our witnesses, and so I kept handing her like the paperwork that I had with her with us, and claiming it was the updated autopsy report. <laughs> For Mr. Edgeworth. Was this like in front of the judge, like he could hear you and stuff? Or she, or Probably. He could, okay. He totally cool. could hear us. Um, alright, let's see. Okay, so, uh, everyone, uh, please, uh, look around you. Um, you see how everything's sort of distorted when it gets more than five feet away and then it sort of fades into white, uh, nothingness. Oh, we're in the original Silent Hill? That's right. The original Silent Hill is where I'm hosting this podcast. Uh, nice. The world, the world just kind of. As long ends. as Pyramid Head isn't here. No, he he's not here for another game. We should be good. Yeah, he shows up. He shows up later. Um, he's a good guy. I've I've had lunch with him. Uh, good. When I was a kid, I was so scared of Pyramid Head. I mean, like you I was be. too. Like I think everybody should have been. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, everyone. Uh, welcome to Game Busters. We're a podcast from GameLuster.com. Uh, my name's Nerov, and I'm your host today. I am uh, joined here by my lovely co-hosts, and this time I've written down the order. Let's see how that goes. You first. Oh, hi. Oh, I'm Kate. <laughs> I'm Tim. And I'm Kyle. <laughs> we did it. Um, <laughs> all right. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, welcome, everyone. Um, so uh, we're gonna jump right into it because we've got a lot to, to cover on our bustums today. Um, so we're gonna op- is our opening segment uh, parks or rec. Uh, everyone, uh, we're gonna go around and you can either tell me about a nice visit to a park you had or just uh, recommend something. Either one of those things is fine. That's nice. It's just a nice thing to do. Okay. okay. You did the you did a theme specifically so we couldn't use this time ranting about what we did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, recommend a courthouse wedding. Yes, uh, I, I do want to show, throw a quick <laughs> shout out. Just... <laughs> yeah, it'd, it'd be bad to not do that. I would like definitely like to throw a quick shout out to Kate and Tim here for getting married yesterday. What? Yeah. Um, also, I think uh, Kate's birthday is tomorrow. Is that right, or is it today? Yes. Yeah. So I'm just having a real lit weekend. Right. It, it, it's gonna make remembering our anniversary really easy. Exactly. I mean, you can just come back to this podcast, and there it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, when anyway, it's, when it's etched into rack. the eternal stone of time. Uh, yeah, Kate, why don't you kick us off? 
Um, parks or rec? Well, I will talk about a visit to a park. So last Christmas, I went up to Virginia to Bush Gardens Christmas Town, and I thought it was going to be the cheesiest thing ever, but it was like the cheesiest thing ever in the best way. It was like there were all these people walking around in like old like medieval dresses and stuff like greeting me and like there were like 10 different Santas and it, you know what just embrace the cheese. 2020 is a year from hell, embrace the cheese. So that was my favorite park visit I've ever had. Okay. The, the year of many Santas. I like it. Yeah. Uh okay, Tim, what about you? Uh I'm going to do I don't I guess, I guess it counts as a a, a park, a, a water park. Similarly, uh this this February, Kate and I were feeling a bit of ennui. Wanted some some fun and sun, uh, so we went to a place called the Great Wolf Lodge, okay. which is super chintzy, but it has a great indoor water park Ooh. that goes with your hotel reservation. So yeah, like we we got a, a one night stay and basically spent the entire time in the water park until it closed down. And then they found us and kicked us out and made us go to our hotel room. Um, that was, the but then we stayed yeah. up super late playing VR. Yes, they had VR games in the hotel. Well, well AR what, games, what but yes, was this? A- augmented reality, not virtual reality. To be oh, sorry, super precise. Okay. No, they also had VR games. We just didn't play any of those. Yeah, we did the AR one. Yeah. So I'm I, I'm telling the truth. Yeah. No, I, I just wanted to to be you know. Uh, it, they had an augmented reality game where you run all over the hotel doing these very simple, silly quests, and it was fun. That actually sounds extremely fun. Casting spells, fighting dragons. Okay, that's that's cool. Where was that again? Uh, it uh, is in Charlotte. Okay. Yeah, nice. Charlotte, North Carolina. Huh. Uh, all right, Kyle, how about you? Okay, mine's more of like a like a general thing, but I recently got my uh, fishing pole from my parents' house. It's been like. I guess it's coming up on like a decade since I've gone fishing, but started fishing a little bit and it's it's pretty nice just getting to turn your brain off for a little bit. Uh possibly have a beer or two while uh <laughs> while out there, but I don't I don't know. I don't even have to catch anything. It's just nice to not have to think about any of the crazy shit going on this year. That's fair. Um <laughs> and you know what? The fish the the fish don't know about any of this, so it's good to kinda hang out with them. <laughs> <laughs> just stick your head right in and start talking that they'll understand yeah um i want to throw out a quick I mean, is there a different way to go fishing oh <laughs> with um uh stardew valley um <laughs> that's that's i think the big one although i have to sh- i have to say stardew valley is maybe my favorite least favorite like fishing mini game Oh yeah, I actually hard. hated the fishing in Final Fantasy 15 more than the fishing in Star Valley. Oh, that's fair. I completely forgot that had fishing. And sorry, that Final Fantasy 15 had an entire fishing DLC. <laughs> um, it had a it had a separate game that was just fishing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, man, it wasn't a fishing DLC. It was fishing that was part of DLC, and then the separate Final Fantasy 15 fishing. Yep. Wasn't it like VR, like fishing with Noctis yeah, or no, whatever? It, it, yeah, it was a VR fishing game. VR fishing with Noctis was my game of the year. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I want to. Uh, my my quick recommendation for everybody is that yesterday, uh, The Legend of Korra went up on Netflix. Uh, if you have not gotten to that yet and have watched Avatar, uh, get on that. It's it's great. Like, precise- don't expect the highs of Avatar, yes. but it's still pretty good. It is it is consistently pretty great. Uh, season two dips a little bit, but like it really gets picks back up in three and four and it tells like a totally different kind of story also the the netflix version 
surprisingly is a remastered audio and video too and it's uh upscaled Ooh. to 1080p uh so it's nicer than the one you saw on tv for sure that's um, good yeah actually just watched the first episode yesterday and yeah. i'm pretty interested in keeping on going hey all right nice see I'm, I'm really excited for people who haven't seen it before uh to to get into it now um it's a it's a it's a great show and honestly like uh the bopal uh, ship gives me oxygen um Okay, so uh, let's uh, move on into our Hall of Fame luster. Everyone, please come with me. Uh, there, I'm going to just pull aside the velvet uh, rope here. All right, just come on in. Um, don't look directly at the paparazzi, please. Don't, don't oh, play. what if I already did? Don't look directly at them, please. Um, oh, no, I am staring them down. Okay. I'm going to make them blink. Okay. Uh, okay, they blinked. Okay, we, we made it in. Um <laughs> So uh, again, the Hall of Fame luster is still sort of still under construction. I'm, I I really was um, thinking when I started this bit that like I was gonna maybe make it, but maybe maybe it, it better exists as just a concept, and I can keep talking about it being under construction. <laughs> um, I mean the, the 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 wall that's constantly on fire. I wasn't sure if that was intentional or just an art piece. That's an it's art, and yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean now. Well, okay, it, it, yeah, it is it is destroying the the museum, but it is also part of the art. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, when do, when does Glados take it over? When when do when does she take over all our security cameras and steal all our exhibits? I have hired her to start work next week. Um, awesome. And uh, I'm 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 pretty certain that if anyone comes in here, they're never going to get out. At least. So that's that's one nice thing. Welcome to the aperture. Fame testing initiative. <laughs> You're here you? forever. You're here until you can get famous. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so uh, today in the Hall of Fame luster, we're going to be inducting uh, a game for the dumbest betrayal. Um, I think the keyword here is dumbest, as in, man, this was either uh, like a stupid decision for this person to make a betrayal. Maybe it was very, very, very obvious the whole time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so, uh, let's see, why don't, uh, Tim, why don't you start us off? Uh, okay, well, I mean, I, I could go with an, any number of them from actually including the series that I'm, uh, pulling from, but I'm gonna go with two possible betrayals that you as the player can pull off in Ultima 6 and Ultima 7 Part 1. Um, so, for some reason, uh, the Ultima series, uh, in, in the later half of it, you play as the avatar of the virtues of goodness. And yet, for some reason, in the sixth and seventh installments of the series, uh, the creators decided to give you a spell called Armageddon, which, if you decide to cast it, kills literally everyone on the planet except for you and, like, three other people. Huh. And there's literally nothing stopping you, and those three other people who don't die will tell you, well, now you've done a stupid thing. I guess you, you know, solved the problem, but god damn it, was, you know, don't, why? You've doomed us all. Good job, hero, you broke it. Better start, better start reproducing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, need I mention, unless you choose a female character, uh, all the other people who survive are uh, either um, male or dead. Uh, the the dead person is undead specifically. Ah, okay. Um, and the, and there is there any end game benefit to that, or is it just kind of that's the end? That's literally the end. Interesting. <laughs> it, it's is... there so you learn not to do it. <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty dumb. 
I, I'll take that one. Uh, Kate, what about you? Uh, I would like to bring Tales of the Abyss. So, one of the frustrations of playing Tales of the Abyss is that your protagonist starts out the game as an absolute stuck-up dumbass. He's this kind of sheltered nobleman who really hasn't been outside his home and is super dependent on his really sketchy sword instructor, Van. He's now, literally never been outside his home. Now, every single other character in the party immediately can tell that Van is suspicious, that Van is up to no good, that Van is going to betray you. Including all his five, sister. Yes. All five other party members, plus even the cute little animal mascot, say, this guy's going to betray you. You as the player are 100% sure that this guy's going to betray you. But Luke Von Favre has his head so far up his ass that he trusts this idiot so far that the inevitable betrayal happens and an entire continent, floating continent falls on top of another continent. That's yeah, just you, dumb. And you can you, do nothing to stop it despite every single character warning you. Okay, that is that just part of the story or do you have any choices in that? Oh no, no choice. It's part of the story. Interesting. Okay, that is that's a pretty good one. Kyle, what you got? Okay, uh, okay. Well, my main thing when it comes to betrayals is I hate when you can see that it's coming, and I hate when it seems like someone's betraying someone just so that the story has a betrayal in it. Yeah. And it's gonna seem like recency bias, but I felt like in, in Dishonored that was like one of oh, like, the yeah, big the, things. <laughs> the, the fucking <laughs> like Havelock and and them at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, like by the second mission, I was like, "Okay, these people are one hundred percent going to betray <laughs> yeah. me at some point." <laughs> and I, and especially with the Lord Regent mission being the fourth mission in the game, I was like, "This game's way too short. Yeah. There's no way they are not going to betray me after this." And sure enough, I'm five minutes back from that mission, and they poison me. On honestly, like when that happened, like and the the betrayal thing happened, like of course I was expecting it, but like. I, at first, I thought that, like, Sam, like, the boatman had also betrayed me, and it, like, broke my fucking heart. I was yeah. like, I loved you, man. And then you find out that he <laughs> actually, like, he, he actually is the one who, like, let you live, like, through the poisoning and, like, helps you escape. Um, Thanks, Sam. He's a good guy. Um, yeah, Sam's a genuinely cool dude. Um, no, that, that's, a, that's a good one, because it is extremely obvious from, like, yeah, like, the second mission that, like, the people you're working for are going to betray you and throw you under the bus. Um... That's a solid one. All right. Um, I am. Uh, if if anyone is completely like one hundred percent not wanting to be, I, I don't even consider this a spoiler for Persona Five. But if you really want to be completely blind about it, you can skip a few minutes here. Um, uh, this this I cannot even consider this a spoiler. I think that Akechi betraying you in Persona Five is maybe the most obvious betrayal I've ever seen. Uh, everybody in the group is like. I don't know. I don't like this guy very much. The in- he-, he spends about four-fifths of the game trying to actively destroy you. And then in the last dungeon, he joins your party. And everyone's like, I don't know about this guy. It seems like he might betray us. And then at the end of that dungeon, he does betray you. And he just sort of dies? And, like, nothing really comes of it. And it's just like... um. It's, it's, I don't know, honestly, like, first of all, I have to say, I get very, I get viscerally upset when I see promo art of the Phantom Thieves and Akechi is, like, included in there. I'm like, no, 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 sir, you're not part of the group. Um, but it's just, like, so dumb because the, the, the reason that I, I, this is, I think, so dumb is because the, the start of Persona 5, the very first thing that happens is, like, joke, it's like a, you know, in media res thing, like, 
they catch you in the middle of the action at the end of the game. Like, Joker gets arrested by the police, and they're like, your, your partner sold you out. And you're like, oh my god, which one of my partners is going to sell me out? Like, I love all of my friends so much. And it turns <laughs> out it's the one who was everyone knew was going to betray you. Like, it, it's not any of your actual friends that actually sell you out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this guy who actively <laughs> hates you. Um, anyway, I, I gotta submit that one. Uh, alright, so, does anyone have any last last words before we do our votes? Um, I mean, you, you did the, the dumbest betrayal, and I think every other one here is, it, it has to happen, even though, even the most blindingly obvious one, like, you know, Luke walking into the trap after literally everybody and their sister said not to. But I think you doing the betrayal makes it the dumbest ever. These are all pretty dumb. That's pretty dumb, yeah. We got um, some real dumb ones. <laughs> we got, we got yeah. some dumbos in this one. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I will say, uh, not not to not to discredit you, Kyle, because I think it's I've made it clear that Dishonored games are like my favorite series of games. But <laughs> the uh, I I think that even though the, it is a dumb and obvious betrayal, it still makes for a good story in, in Dishonored. Like, and you can sort of see why Corvo doesn't see it coming because he's so laser focused yeah. on his daughter. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's yeah, the only that's thing true. I'd say about that. Um, I mean, that's that's where the recency bias comes in because I did yeah. just play that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, d- another dumb betrayal is going to come at you real quick and in, in Dishonored too. Just pretty much everybody in that one. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, I don't know. Kay, you're 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 very passionate about Tales of the Abyss. I'm considering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very passionate about everything I talk about. That's fair. Um, also, I was really torn between bringing Tales of the Abyss or bringing Wheatley from Portal Two. Portal, yeah, that one, that that one is like I, I think that one is a little less obvious until like maybe like halfway through the game, it starts to become obvious, you know, that that Wheatley is going to betray you. Uh, but I can definitely see that one. Um, oh, I'm not saying it's obvious. I'm saying it's dumb because of how the game handles it with the whole. This is the part where I kill you, and then the music track shifts to the part where he kills you, and then you get an achievement unlocked. The part where he kills you. <laughs> Classic. Uh, it's also, the part where he kills you all the way down. Quick shout out to the last boss fight of Portal Two. It's so fucking cool, dude. If you haven't played oh, it, God, I don't want to ruin so it. Right. It's so that crow feels so that cool crow. at the end. You um, have you have to take control of Glados and the potato and fight the crow. I ha- no, I'm completely lying. <laughs> You get you uh, get you get inside the potato this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you are. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's do the votes then. Uh, Kyle, where are your votes going? You get to have, you have two votes and you can put them anywhere, including your own or not, depending. Whatever you want. Okay. Um, well, since I am also biased to myself, I'm going to put one vote to myself. Uh-huh. Um, and then I'm going to put my second one to uh, casting Armageddon because uh, that does seem pretty dumb yeah um it even describes also... itself as will kill all life <laughs> that's the description <laughs> when, when you of first the spell? get it. yes <laughs> hold on let me let me see if i can find uh the description of because I, I know when you get it it uh the the guy who hands it to you says yes this will enable the cessation of all life okay yeah, I mean it's a good out if you're tired of playing the game. I yeah, guess it is. you want to move on. <laughs> See, I, I mean, mean the it. other See? the other okay, I'm the, done. the thing is like all every other game also has that, and it's like the power button. but with that one, you're just betraying yourself. That's true. Yes. Uh, Kate, where are your votes going? 
I'm putting one on myself and one on good old Goro Akechi. Ah, uh, excellent. Um, okay, Tim, where are you going? Uh, one on Armageddon and one on Luke Von Fab of being a Dingus McWingus. Dingus McWingus, interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am. Uh, I am gonna give one to myself, but I think I am gonna also on a Persona Five. But I am gonna throw the other one onto the Armageddon thing. I think you sold <laughs> me on it. Um, that does leave us with a uh, casting Armageddon in Ultima uh, Six and Seven. You can do that in both of them. Sorry. Both yes. Of these games. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. You can just buy the spell from somebody in Ultima Seven. By the way, in Ultima Seven Part Two, they finally took the spell out. But it actually makes a return in Ultima 9, where you actually have to cast it to win the game. But Ultima 9 is an exceptionally dumb game, and might count as its own betrayal. Yeah, I was going to ask, are these good games? Uh, Ultima 1 through 8? Yeah. Okay. Ultima 9 is not. All right. Well, uh, congrats to Ultima. You've made it into the Hall of Fame luster. Uh, (laughs) you, You can stand right behind the firewall. (laughs) Yes. Um. <laughs> well, don't worry. Lord British is immune to all damage unless you've got a glass sword, so he's just fine standing there. Uh, yes. References. Uh, <laughs> Richard Garriott, who's the man who created it, has uh-huh. a self-insert named oh, Lord British. He's basically your quest giver. And he knew that fun. people were going to try and kill him, so he made himself literally invulnerable. Oh, I would too. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, if you found, if you were wandering around, like, uh, fucking fallout and you found todd howard like i wouldn't expect to be able to kill him (laughs) (laughs) except you still can is the thing there are ways and oh yeah yeah toggle todd mode yeah yeah open up the console oh no i don't think i would be able to finish to kill todd howard but dang it i would try (laughs) in game in game i have no real desire to kill todd howard yeah if this is being played in a courtroom right now we have no desire to kill todd howard we love him on this show if any harm has befallen him, I swear it was Phil Spencer. Um, if any foam, harm has befallen Phil Spencer, it was Todd Howard. Yeah. Now that we've covered our bases, <laughs> let's continue. <laughs> All right, let's get into the meat of this. Uh, so we got a big boy today. Uh, welcome to Bustums. Everyone, uh, please bring out the ceremonial hammer. Um, and grab your copy of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Um, yes. Okay. Mine, mine is digital, so I guess I'm not doing. This. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm grabbing my my desktop right now. Yep. Well, I've got uh here here. You can have all all seven of the books here, Ooh. and uh, I've got my Geralt in a bath figurine, and my official strategy guide, and my toss a coin T-shirt, and my T-shirt that just says hmm, and you get the you get the point. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, the, it is an elaborate uh sort of display. A- Right, right around where Kate is right now. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say that you have enough stuff, I guess, for all of us. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're gonna be talking today about The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt uh, by uh, CD Projekt Red. Uh, came out in uh, 2015. So um, just to run through a little. Uh, actually, I don't know. Maybe Kate is better equipped to do this, but uh, through a little history of the The Witcher series. Uh, what year was the the first book published? I can't remember off the top. Oh of my gosh, head. I don't. The first short story that. was 1986, I think. Yeah, it's it was a yeah, bit ago. Um, so I, basically, the author who's Polish wrote two short story collections and a five book series, and by the end of the series, was so sick of writing about Geralt that he did the whole Arthur Conan Doyle Sherlock Holmes thing and killed off his hero. And a couple years later, a bunch of fans were like, hey, we don't like this. We want to bring him back to life. And the games happened. 
I mean, technically, he killed him off with a way to bring him back, but he was just like, I am done with this for now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He Um, had a very similar to Arthur Conan Doyle kind of, I do not want to write about this character ever again. Yeah. Yeah. So... The, the Witcher franchise is, is pretty big now, and I mean, I, I think we can all agree that that's due to the games. Like, it was, cons- like, yes. within the world of, oh, uh, yeah. within the world of, of Polish uh, fiction, yeah, the Witcher books actually were pretty huge on their own, but that's a small uh, world. There were, yeah, no, <laughs> even before the, um, the video games, not only were there several reprintings, but there were comic book adaptations yeah. uh, in Polish. Right. Did, did the BBC get this one, too? Did they ever try it? <laughs> It seems like no. they might have. No, no, but there was a television series. There was a television no, series in Poland. we're not talking Poland. about the Hexer. We're oh. not talking about Actually, the Actually, oh, I completely forgot about the television series. Please just tell me a little bit about that quickly. Which it's one? Hexer? The Hexer. Yeah, yeah, the Hexer, like the old okay. Polish one, yeah. Yeah. And it's not good. Um, the, the special effects or yeah. Mostly the lead actor's wig is very, very distinctively a crappy wig. Yeah. Uh, also, there, Yaskier. Granted, he's a good singer, but he's an older fellow. Yes, uh, weird old man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my, but my uh, they do character. a very good job of showing uh, Geralt and Yaskier being super best bros. I like yeah. Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, yeah, that'll that'll lead us in here, just to like kind of ease people in. Uh, so, Kyle, you've seen the Netflix show, right? Yeah, yeah uh, well, I've seen the Netflix show. I've seen and I've played The Witcher Three. Okay. That's pretty much. The no, that's, sorry, I'm, that, no, I'm that's, the local Witcher expert. Yeah, so <laughs> sorry about that, well, that. that's why I want to ask you, Kyle. Like, what, what were your thoughts on the the the, the Netflix show? The next, okay, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. Um, there, I, I, there's definitely places that they can improve on the show. Like, I like personally, I would give it maybe like a six, six point five. Like, it was slightly above average for me, but not good it's not something where i would go out of my way to pick that show over like another show that's fair yeah but uh, i mean but I, I, I still liked it like it was still watchable but it, it just wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't there yet for me which i mean i, I feel like it can imp- improve with further seasons but it abs- i think it absolutely will yeah. when they start focusing on Geralt and siri yeah um as as a father-daughter they uh, have a, yeah, exactly. yeah, definitely. They have a great relationship, and I, I mean, I think also the timeline bouncing thing wasn't great in the the first season. Um, yeah, I, I'd rather yeah. just sort of, or at least even just like labeling what year it is would have been great. <laughs> um, <laughs> it it seemed like it was just more of a prologue than a season one, to which me. almost is more true to the style of the books because the first two books are sort of a, just a, a disparate collection of short stories, actually. <laughs> Which yeah. I think are very difficult. I think they struggled adapting that because, yeah, the short stories are kind of all over the place time-wise. They, they're very different tone. Like, some of them are straight up, like, the author kind of making his own pastiche of fairy tales. Some of them are outright humorous. Um, yeah. And some of them are dark. So they, I think once they get into the saga proper, the five-book saga, I believe, which will start next season, I believe they'll have a more consistent story to tell and it won't have the same amount of tonal whiplash as we saw. Yeah. They also reordered yeah. events, and it like uh, the the short stories take place over the course of about twenty years, I think. Um, and it, they all happen a lot quicker, or at least apparently a lot quicker in uh, the show. But one of the biggest changes is that the butcher of Blaviken is, is not. Yeah. yeah, is not one of the first stories. Yeah, the, right. which is the nickname he gets when he slaughters an entire town yeah. for a good reason. I mean, yeah, yeah like 
you, you kill a whole town, you get a nickname. Yeah, but in the, the show, has the that per- happened in the very first episode, and that kind of reputation haunts him, which makes him this much more serious, grimmer character than the Geralt of the books, who is a straight-up funny guy. Yeah, Geralt in in the books, I have not read uh, all of them, but uh, I've read a little, and Geralt, well, he's not, like, you know, uh, you know, super, you know, like, yuck, yuck, he's got a wry sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we're we're mostly here to talk about the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, all of this is just sort of trying to ease us into this, so... Um, let's, let's talk about the game a little bit. So, firstly, uh, just a description, I guess, to anyone who hasn't played it, um, The the Witcher 3 is pretty broadly, it's an open-world action-adventure RPG. Um, there are some branching, like, storyline things going on, there's a lot of, um, I I think that a lot of the reputation that it gets is because The the Witcher 3 has some really well-written and interesting side quests that, um, the, the problem a lot of open world games suffer is is you kind of like doing the same like go here kill this and come back side quests and um, while The Witcher definitely has some of that like it, it largely manages to make things more interesting. Um, I mean, even the stuff where it's go hill here kill a thing, you usually figure out some story about the person who's asking you to do it or the thing that you're maybe killing along the yeah, way, and yeah. you don't always have to kill the thing you're you're told to kill. Yeah, and a yeah. lot of the side quests will have twists to them, like you'll find out that a monster was more sympathetic, that like a, a beast was actually like a shapeshifter, or you know, human. There's a whole lot of humans are the real monsters. Very, very yeah, much. That, that's yeah. a very, very much recurring theme in the, in this game. Um, I think it's the, I think that the the is the anyone can be a dick. Uh, a being a monster doesn't make you a monster, right? I think would be you know. Because there are some monsters who are monsters, and then there's some monsters who are like, "Look, I just want to live my life, and and fuck these dudes." Yeah, just like, I like werewolfing it. around. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like the uh, okay. So uh, I, I guess I want to kind of talk about this. This game is one of those where I think its reputation really precedes it. Um, everybody, I anyone who who plays video games has been been recommended to play The Witcher Three. So like. Why do you why do you think that is like wh- I mean among RPG fans this is considered one of the greats. Well, why do you think that is like what what is it about it that's so special? Uh, I mean, f- at basically a fractal level, there's some good story and some good like fun engaging moment. Whether or not you want to actually play the actual game or not, you can just run around, look at stuff, play Gwent, play more Gwent, God. keep playing Gwent. Uh, Kyle, how how much Gwent did you play? <laughs> Um, I played I, I played it a little bit more in the beginning, and then I realized, wow, I really suck at this game. <laughs> See, and I sort of lost interest in it, but at the same time, I still had fun every single time I played it. I am, yeah, I am we honestly, totally played only a little bit of Gwent. Just a tiny no, bit. Just, just enough okay, to fine. get every Gwent-based achievement. <laughs> Including I, the one called You Have a Gwent Problem. <laughs> I... I actually, I 100% believe that nobody can actually be good at Gwent. It just is whatever the the Witcher gods are feeling that day. <laughs> no, Kate can be good at Gwent. Kate is good at Gwent. Yeah, Kate's I actually... Gwent Whisperer. So, um, for those of you who aren't as familiar, Gwent is an in-game card game with car- collectible cards based on the characters themselves. Um, 
It is a pretty huge gotta collect them all side quest with I think something about a, like 150 cards in the base game and more in the DLC. You forgot Mew. <laughs> <laughs> I did forget Mew. <laughs> 151 and even more in the DLC. It spun off into a game of its own. It we was that more popular. Cards. Yeah, and is that I do Breaker? play that. No, just Gwet. Oh, so there's Throne just Breaker, a game, yeah. There's just Gwet yeah. the Witcher card game, which is now available on Steam for free, and it's fun. Play it. <laughs> I'm really good at it. Don't think, play me. Isn't I'll that on too. mobile too? The yes. Gwent? Yeah. Play it, but but don't play against me because I will win. <laughs> <laughs> just hold while I quickly download this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there's another. Yeah, I, I guess I'll also mention that uh, there there is a uh, another game called Thronebreaker: The Witcher Tales. Is that what it's called? Something yeah. Like yes. Um, which is kind of like a storybook thing that where the gameplay is basically just Gwent, but I've heard I've heard it's quite good if you enjoy Gwent. It is inspired by a section of the books that tells the story of how Geralt got the title of Geralt of Rivia, like oh, how okay. he became knighted. How he became as Geralt Geraldo. Of Rivia. Um, He's not Geraldo. He 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 claimed his title. Um, so <laughs> he, he went onto daytime television, defeated the host in open combat, and that's how he became um, Geraldo of Rivera. <laughs> 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 um, so do you, okay. So I guess from each of you, uh, do you guys really do? You, do you feel like this uh, game deserves like the title of being like one of the all-time greats, just in in video games? Like, if you go on Reddit and you you look, if you if somebody asks like, I would like games similar to Factorio. Half of the answers are going to be The Witcher Three. <laughs> like, that's, I, I mean, that's just like the truth. What do you do? You feel like it deserves all this that all this like keeping praise it keeps getting? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Game good. I mean, yeah, we played game, it for 176 hours and God. didn't get bored of it. Yeah, I mean, like I, Tim and I just played it this year after actually like getting into the series through the Netflix series and. I definitely felt like, oh my god, this is amazing, why haven't I played this before, like, I'm loving it, this is what I've been missing out on. I don't think it quite surpasses Breath of the Wild for me as my top favorite game, but it's highly up there. But then again, I'm also someone who loves open world games, too. Yes, yeah. we're currently so, uh, playing you know, Goat Simulator Sushi. I'm, um, cr- I'm incredibly that, biased. Just like, for reference, that's Ghost of Sushi, man. Yeah, like there I said, Goat Simulator Sushi. There are gamers out there, and Witcher 3 will not be their kind of game, but... For me, it is. Yeah, for, I, for people who like open world games, unless you want to negate fall damage, yeah, there's, there's a mod for that. No, there's a mod for that. Yeah. I have a item for that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but like we played it in 2020, five years after it first came out, and it still holds up. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I believe that when it came out, I, I think that I, I heard that it, I, I, I'm pretty sure it broke the record for the most game of the year awards, like of any game mm-hmm. in history. Two hundred and fifty. Yeah. Um, which Oof. I don't I don't know if I I don't know if Breath of the Wild beat that or not. Can't remember. No, it did not. Um, Witcher Three still has it. Yeah. So I mean it's it's a big it's a big deal. Like uh I don't know, like uh do you think that this is 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 there a place in this game for people who are not super into the idea of like a hardcore RPG, people who want a more casual experience? Um, I mean, you, you can change the difficulty. Yeah. So, change. I mean, you can make it as easy as, as the game allows, at least. I'm sure there's mods to probably even make it easier than that. Yeah, like, I, I mean, like, okay, so personally, I, I played it on PC, and I did mod it up a little bit. Um, Mostly just quality of life things, but there yeah. was... I, I will How tell many you naked that, girls were there? Just the ones that were already in there. 
Okay. <laughs> which is which is still plenty. But yeah. oh god, let's no love triangle debate on this podcast. No. Let's keep it civil, boys. I get Look. enough of that in FF Seven. We're not going to talk about right. The, uh, yeah, like I mean, we because we, we all know we shall love pick Tris. We all we all picked one true love is his horse. No, we, we picked Yen. I picked both. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, poor guy. You can, oh, no. you can pick both and then not oh, end up yeah, with anybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, not end up with either of them. You just put hand up to the bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to, I wanted to be with Roach at the end, so I figured I'd push both of them away. <laughs> Roach the horse is Geralt's one true love. That's Let's true. be completely uh, honest here. I do love Roach. I love how she flies away sometimes on top of roofs. <laughs> she um. breaks physics. Physics yeah. is says no to Roach. So, yeah, let, let's like talk about the story a little bit. So, how Kate, like, having spent so much time with my friend Geralt, how, how would you describe him in a sentence or two? The main character of this story. Okay, well, if I take out any descriptors related to how attractive I would find I find him, mm-hmm. I would say a troubled monster hunter who has found something to fight for in the form of his found family. That's a, that's a great description, yeah. Like, um... Ger- Geralt, I think, is a um, he's a he's a troubled hero who definitely has some. I don't know. I don't know if I'd call him an anti-hero, really. Uh, I don't know, but no, he's not an anti-hero. He's not a traditional hero, but he is absolutely in the heroic mold. Yeah, and that he tries he lacks, to do. Good. He lacks a lot of faith in humanity because of how crappily, so how crappily he's been treated for being a visibly mutated Witcher. Yes. Um... I guess we should also. Which if you I don't, don't get it. So what is it? he is is an X Men. He's an uh, thank he you has, exactly. He's he an got X-Men. really attractive white hair and yellow eyes, and people call him a mutant and a freak. But he's gorgeous. That, that happened yeah, to Rogue him also. And Jean Grey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but uh, so so uh, just for reference, real quickly, a Witcher is basically a uh, in, in this universe a monster hunter. They've gone through a mutation process as a kid uh, called the Trials of the Grasses, and they gain some uh some fun powers and their bodies change a little bit so they like i mean at a passing glance they are human but like taking a closer look at their face they're they're not um yeah and, and Geralt so, is the most mutated of them all right yeah. and i mean his, that his hair bleached out his eyes are yellow and cat-like yeah and now i will say just for reference that didn't really translate over into the game as much um they've made him a lot more human looking in the game if i remember yeah. well the thing is oh, okay uh, he still looks pretty human most of the time in the series. It's when he takes uh, his potions and decoctions that he really starts looking freaky. Because one of the things that they mutate you when you become a witcher is you get the ability to ingest various poisons and toxins without dying. So he essentially, his fighting style, the fighting style of Geralt is essentially poisoning himself uh, with various uh, decoctions drawn from various mystical creatures to enhance his abilities, which cause his eyes to go full black and like veins to start standing out, and he starts looking really freaky. Yeah, if you go like full bore, uh, he gets black lines all over his face. Yeah, and there, uh, there you get a lot of like he he looks distinctly other. Yeah, I would right. say. So okay, so y'all are telling me are that's not weird. normal. People are just weirded out by the fact I mean, that this guy fights. I don't know how many himself. how many yeah. decoctions are you drinking, Kyle? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It depends on the week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, do you have a cold, frosty basilisk right by that you're sipping on right now? Ah, uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> there, there's no way to know for sure. The uh, so like the other characters I think are also pretty uh, interesting. I will say that like um. 
I, I, I think this game, I have seen this game sort of get accused of, like, sort of, like, catering to the quote-unquote male fantasy a lot, and, like, I think there's some substance to that, but I also will say that, like, all of the, the main female characters in this are very, like, fleshed out and three-dimensional and extremely well-written. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Also, I will say, essentially, the secondary protagonist, which is his adopted daughter, Siri, is, while not quite the main character, she is playable at points. Yeah. And is an openly queer woman. Yeah, hella gay. Yeah. Yeah. She's incredibly gay. <laughs> um, Super bi. You have the option to hit on people in those segments. Yeah. And, and, men all and the women ones you both. Can, yeah. You can uh, actually hit on a brother and a sister, like, within minutes of each other. It's fun. And both of them are attracted to Siri. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> The uh, also uh, remember everyone keep an eye out because Siri is going to be in Cyberpunk 2077 somewhere. Um, She's already I, there. <laughs> I thought CG Project Red very very outrightly stated that Siri is not going to be in no, Cyberpunk 2077. I'm pretty sure they said that she's gonna they're gonna they're gonna have a reference to her. I don't know if she'll like physically be there, but there will be references I think, to her. I think what the reference is is that they're going to have her in an uh, an like a, 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 a an antique copy of a gaming magazine oh, that's talking okay. about The Witcher 3. And she's what if, oh my god, cover. what if the magazine talks about The Witcher 4? <laughs> <laughs> and that's oh. how they reveal it. <laughs> oh my god. That would be if, genius if marketing. Oh yeah, okay. no, I would love CD for Project Witcher 4 to be about Siri. Oh yeah, I, I think everyone's... Oh like, yeah. I, well, CD Projekt Red has also said that Geralt's story is done, so any yeah. Witcher games yeah. will be about something else, and I, I think it's pretty obvious that Maybe even in a few years from now, like an adult, like fully grown up Siri would be yeah. a good place to go. Um, well, I mean, yeah. she's already fully grown up. Yeah, she's like 26 in Witcher 3. But that's if fair. they use this game to reveal Witcher 4, that was the the best marketing move. <laughs> Biggest oh, yeah. power move. Yeah. Um, I so, mean, they, they already did that energy. with Witcher 3 to reveal Cyberpunk. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. there is actually a little Easter egg where Siri, so Siri has the ability to travel between worlds and dimensions, and she's describing to Geralt various worlds that she's been to, and one of them is the world of Cyberpunk. Yeah, it's uh, it's so cool. I'm excited for Cyberpunk. And that, that was put in the game before they had even announced that they were making Cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about the, the gameplay a little bit, uh, because uh, as much as this game is like super, super loved by everyone, I... I, I do love it. It's not really one of my my all time favorites because like I, I kind of just really didn't enjoy the like the the minute to minute gameplay of the combat. I think. Um. And I mean, I've I've heard other people have similar things to say, but uh, r- real quickly, like the 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 way that you fight essentially is with your sword most of the time. Uh, there is dodging. swords. Swords. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Come on. Point. Steel Geralt. for men, silver for monsters. Yes. Geralt does carry two swords, um, which yeah. always, I always am like, couldn't the silver one also kill people? But then everyone says, It could. Shh. No, no, it could, but you don't want to waste it on it because silver is actually pretty weak. So you don't want to waste it on oh, it's people like a weak who die. I see. I yeah. See. Yeah, it's, it's a soft metal. Okay. To That's fair. Um, yeah, so a lot of the game is, uh, there. there is some like dodging and timing your dodges to it, but a, a lot of the, the combat is... Um, I, I think really more of like a like just kind of like whacking away and, and doing a fast attack and a heavy attack. Um, the I think that the interesting part of the combat for most people comes from having to use the oils and things like that and decoctions and yeah. potions. Yeah. Because um, I would say like I disagree with you. The combat in The Witcher Three I would say is about planning. Every single type of monster and enemy you fight have various weaknesses, various oils, various spells. 
It's about figuring out what you're fighting and planning for it. And if you're properly planned and kitted out for the fight, yes, it's fairly simple, but that's the point. Right. Well, in in a couple exceptions, but those are like the final boss and the other final boss. Like it is, um, it is very much like an RP, like a a traditional, even turn-based RPG in that way. Like it's the, the fight is more about like preparing for the fight beforehand and then like watching your plan go well. Um, yeah, which I think is is great for some people. I I will say I'm a little like, I don't think this kind of thing is for me because my favorite combat is like platinum stuff, like bayonetta and like astral chain and stuff. Um, so this yeah, is and that's fair. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about like why why like what is exciting about the gameplay to you? Um, it's I mean, as somebody who also loves platinum combat, uh, the the difference is that you know. Uh, Platinum is very much about um, the the last minute reaction, whereas Geralt is he's very down there. He's very blatant. You can dodge from stuff, but you don't get those iframes. You actually have to know where to when and where to to blink out uh, yeah. to to roll away and to your timing. Like it, it, despite being like uh, Platinum over the top and Geralt being very grounded comparatively combat wise. They have very similar, like, your, like, anticipation and timing gets very much rewarded in both, both of those game styles. Yes. So and being able to do... That, oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just, would say that... Incredible. <laughs> you guys are going to have a very happy marriage. <laughs> <laughs> go like, ahead. Witcher 3 is fully a single-player game, but Tim and I were able to have a really fun experience playing it together because the focus on planning in combat made me able to participate in a way where I wasn't just watching over his shoulder okay. as I have for other games. I was the one making lists of all the monster weaknesses. I was keeping track of what herbs we needed to make witch decoctions and making sure our stocks of different bombs weren't too low. I felt like I could participate as a second player in a single player game by being like the planner. That's totally fair. I will also throw out, if you're like me and are not really a fan of having to craft potions and stuff, at, like, lower difficulty levels, especially at easy, you don't have to do any of that. Um, so, like, you you can skip over a lot of the alchemy stuff if you'd like. And, I mean, I Infamously, do... Henry Cavill, who plays Geralt in the Netflix adaptation, has admitted that he skips over all of that. So, if you do that, you're You're, like, like you're just like Superman. <laughs> yeah. See, if you're, if you're like me... I'm more used to playing, like, Soulsborne games, so I just dodge and attack, and that's pretty much all that I do. <laughs> that, that was me for a little bit just when you rolling. didn't have just... any of the, the decoction, or the, the potions and the oils. But once uh, we had them, I was keeping track and being like, nope, we're fighting this, we need that, now switch to that, and yeah. monitor your toxicity level so you don't kill yourself. See, I just like to make it more difficult for myself, <laughs> uh, and, th- and that, that really did increase the playing time. It is right, a little this bit. time we're gonna we're gonna ask you to wear these heavy weights around your wrists <laughs> and wear this helmet that's gonna blare annoying things at you. Have you ever heard of Harrison Burger on? Anyways, enough about that. Every, everyone, uh, put on your Rockley ankle weights. We're going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that that's that's in, that's a, I guess the point I want to make here is that like there's a lot of different ways to play this game, uh, and we didn't even talk about the spells. Uh, you get. Uh, it's interesting because it's similar to Breath of the Wild in that you get all your spells right at the beginning of the game and you just kind of upgrade them. You don't get new spells as you go. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's what? There's Ard, Axie, uh, Igni. Igni, Kirden, and Quen. Kirden, and Quen. Yeah, 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 there's five. So, uh, 
the Quen is it Quen or is it Ken? Quen. Quen. Um so Quen like is my my favorite because like I just upgraded to the exploding shield immediately and just <laughs> just you spam the exploding shield nobody can touch you you're invincible. Quen is yeah. very useful. I'm not going to Yeah, it's definitely. Not. Um I, I I quite enjoy it, but there's a lot of more strategic things I could have done. <laughs> and um, in, in Blood and Wine you can upgrade it so Ard freezes enemies. Oh That's yeah, that was fun. fun. Ooh. That's good. That's uh you know what? Let, let's go ahead and jump into that because I want to give a shout out to to Blood and Wine, which um, I will say like absolutely I I think is in on all accounts better than the the base game. Um, it is a gigantic... I think CD Project Red would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I think Geralt would agree with Geralt you. Agree yeah, too. Geralt definitely agrees. With um, you. <laughs> I uh, I I did I I played The Witcher three originally like the base game. Now for anyone else who's tried it out there and and like stopped after a few hours and was like. Eh. I also, I didn't, it took me like four tries of restarting The Witcher 3 for me to like, get it. Um, yeah, three tries for me. Oh, uh, just one for us. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a, it's a somewhat common thing where people are like, oh, I tried it a few times and had to keep restarting it. And like, there was one time I stuck with it. And then like one, and then like after a few hours, it just like clicked. And I was like, this is okay. I get it. Um. I would encourage anybody who's who's like tried it out and was like, mm, this is like I don't really get it. Like, give it a few hours and uh, get, get start doing some side quests. Honestly, like you'll you'll figure it out. It's it's yeah. yeah. the The main thing that uh, the main thing that helped me was my first couple tries. And I don't I don't even know what it was that stopped me from it. But like it like the second I finished the prologue, I like got distracted by something else. Mm. But then I, I but then I read something online that said. In the prologue, you need to do literally every single side quest, and so I like I tried doing it that way, and and for some reason that's what made it click for me, and the, and I and that playthrough was my I'm playing this all the way to the end, no okay. matter uh, did, like did how you long it takes. Deal with the the the, the bovine defense force. Because I, I think right sure. when we started, I showed Kate <laughs> the bovine defense force. And if you that kill was too what... many cows in the starting town, a giant short spawns. It's like level twenty-seven and oh God. die. <laughs> See, I didn't kill any cows in the beginning, so oh, we I... only did it because I knew to... it existed. There used to be a way you could farm for money by selling the leather. Like you oh, could kill the spawning non-aggressive cows, and CD Projekt Red patched it in so that if you kill too many of them, you get a level twenty-seven fiend. Yeah. I didn't kill and any it, cows because it's that and a few other its in-game name is the bovine defense force. Yeah, <laughs> they they actually called that and a couple other grindy methods out in a, a late and later added very short quest where the Novigrad tax assessor comes in and have you done any of these things in the past year? And it's like you go nope 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 good you're a taxpayer in good standing. <laughs> Um, okay, that's a, that's a little, that's a good segue. What I, what I want to talk about a little bit is, uh, maybe one of the most impressive things about this game to me is Novigrad. That, um, that Novigrad is a, is a giant city. It's a, is a capital city. Uh, it's, um, I, I, I don't really know what to say except for, I think it like, it makes you feel like you're in a, a town in Dungeons and Dragons almost. Like, I, I think it does yeah. it very successfully in making it so that, the town feels like alive. People are going places. People have things to say. People are acting the way you know people act. And there's always, it's like, oh, I, I want to go over this way. I wonder if something's going on there. And like, yeah, there is. Of course, there is. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's ba- oh, uh, I think it's based off of um, not the uh, the capital, but another major Polish city in okay. um, medieval times. And in, in fact, several of the buildings that are in uh, CD Projekt Red's version of Novigrad still exist today. Like they basically just looked down the street and went, "Yeah, that building. We're taking that in." Uh, <laughs> should we keep the changeling? Yeah, put him in there. Yeah. Oh no, the changeling <laughs> has to be in there. That's the and, trick about um, Poland. It's just like The Witcher all the time. <laughs> and we were playing with the um, a, like the physical printed version of the strategy guide that a friend of ours mailed us because he was like, "You're gonna need this." And <laughs> and I have a spare get, copy like, still. <laughs> so many of the side quests in Novigrad are literally started by just running into, like, someone running into you on the street, or you turning down an alley and interrupting a fight or a lover's rendezvous as it's happening. Like, this, it's not like the, all the NPCs are standing there waiting for people to react, you know? Right. They're having their own lives yeah. outside even, of Geralt. Even the ones and- where you can, like, they're not an immediate do this one, you get introduced to them by, like, an argument they're having, or, you know, um, something they're doing in town. Yeah. One yep. of my favorite parts of Novigrad is uh, your friend, Geralt's friend, Dandelion, the bard, ends up in a, there's a side quest chain to help him open his own establishment. After you uh, break his own, out like, of jail. Cabaret. And as the game goes on and you go back to visit, it gets more and more crowded as he does a better business. Like, it evolves. Yeah. 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 As you progress the plot after doing this side quest, he, the more quests you do, the better, like, the better yeah. appointed, the more people, the better band. Yeah, and you'll come back and his dialogue will change from, like, oh, I'm struggling to, yeah, like, business is booming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really like that, and happening. with with Novigrad, I really liked the, uh, like, Eternal Fire, like, anti-sorceress uh, time. Oh, yeah. Or, or, quests. Those, I think those were, like, some of my favorite quests of the whole game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some... I, man, we don't have time to talk about all the stuff in this game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is, it, it would take so us big. about 176 hours. Yeah, I, I will say, like, uh, the, the on the run that, like, I I ended up, like, finishing the game, I, I think my... Including the Blood and Wine DLC, my, my total playtime was only about, like, 80 hours, which I know is, like, on the short end for most people. Yeah. Um... But yeah, like I, I, there is a lot of stuff in this game. Um, but so much of that time for us is because we just got lost. Like we would just wander, we would see something cool and run over to see what was going on. And like, just, we spent so much time just wandering and just experiencing things. And, and yeah, brute definitely. forcing ourselves against the level geometry and doing things that CD Projekt Red never intended to happen. <laughs> but I made happen. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, uh, cool. yeah I, there, there were mountain peaks that you were not supposed to be on in Skellige. And I, I got them. <laughs> um, for for me personally, in like fantasy or like uh, games like that, like one of the big things that I uh, that really draws me to games is like uh, really creative monster designs. And I have to say, like The Witcher Three maybe has some of the most creative monsters in like all of all yes. of video games. Um, Absolutely. The, the first time that Tim and I encountered a Leshen, they're like these big, rangy, uh, Wendigo-ish forest spirits with big antlers. It popped up behind us, and I freaked out and started screaming because I w- did not expect that such a thing even existed. Yeah, we were well, we were doing something else entirely unrelated, and we, while underground, wandered into its aggro range so that when we got out of the cave we were in, 
it popped up beside us. Ooh, jump scare. Yeah. yeah. The um, uh, Kyle, do you have any favorite monsters you want to shout out? Uh, well, I mean, I I kind of like just the. I think it was the the Griffin right in the beginning. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The first boss, yeah. And I think that, that that's like the first moment where I was like, "Ooh, wow! This game is like, this yeah. is fantastic. This <laughs> this monster looks amazing." Um, and, and I think that that was probably since that was the first moment where I like really was impressed by the game. That that sort of that the Griffin sort of just stuck with me from there. Yeah. Um, I personally like. I loved the 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 hags and the in the crookback oh, bog. Yeah. I think oh, they, yes. they, oh, yeah, they definitely. were so, they were terrifying. Like they they oh. were some of the scariest creatures I have ever seen, oh, honestly. Yeah. They were a oh, nice God. take on the mother of the maiden the crown and they're yes. all horrible oh. beasties. Oh yes. Uh, the Weavess, the Bruess, and um Wispess. Wispess, yes. I always forget yes. Wispess. Yes. One of them has bees in her eye. I hate that one. I hate that. <laughs> that's that's Wispess. Um, her entire face is made of bees. <laughs> yep. She, there... she also uh intentionally visibly glitches into different positions without actually uh, moving between them. It's super unsettling on purpose, and I love it. Eh. Um, also, their music theme is, like, one of my favorite themes oh, in the yeah. whole game. Oh, man. Yes. Like, also, yeah, again, man, so many shout-outs to this game. Uh, like, music? Yes! I, I would say, I would pretty squarely place The Witcher 3 in, like, probably my top 10 sound game soundtracks of all time somewhere. I, I genuinely I, I've been sold it. on it. I have been sold on it. I didn't actually like it super much at first, but I have now listened to, like, different arrangements and stuff of all the different tracks, and I am so sold. It is such an interesting way, because they, they do take a lot of elements of Polish folk music and even polka music and, like, modernize it, make it gut like guttural and gritty in different ways, and, like, it's, it's, it's really cool how much they we're dedicated to, to keeping that, that feeling of like medieval Poland in that, in the music. Yeah. Um, I will say that none of the songs in the game is my favorite piece of Witcher related music, <laughs> but that's just because the songs in the show are so catchy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I need yeah. to get Joey Beatty for Witcher four. Anyways. Um, yes. So uh, now that you've mentioned polka, my, my brain is now going, okay, let's do a weird Al uh, Witcher uh, parody. I would love that. <laughs> Um, I, I guarantee he's probably, he's, he has to have played this game. Yeah. I want him to be old. He can be maybe like old, old Geralt or something uh, with the hair. <laughs> yes. Could be funny. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> I know this is, con I know this is maybe contentious, but like, man, I would give literally any amount of money in the world for Mark Hamill to play Vesemir in season two of the No, that's show. not contentious. Oh, oh. I, that would be awesome. Yeah. It's so good. Um, it, it would he'd be a better Luke as Vesemer than he was in the new trilogy. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, he uh, wasn't we, like no, no. I'm saying he was wasted. Like they, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would say I would that the casting, that. like, no matter what you think of the Netflix show, the casting is on point. I mean, they found yeah. someone who actually plays a loot to play Dan. Yeah, <laughs> like he's doing his own loot playing. Yeah, yeah, and um, his own cake baking. <laughs> all right, uh, so. Uh, I want. I think we've uh, covered a lot of stuff here. Like, uh, does anyone have like an like maybe like a more like personal moment they had with the this game that like really has stuck with them like after playing it? They want to share. Um, yeah, I'll just say personally. So I'm actually adopted, and getting to see and I mean it's not the only game that does that, but the way it portrays an adoptive parent and child relationship as so real and so genuine and oh, that's great. so much actually yeah. family. Both no. of both yeah. of her parents. 
Yeah. And Geralt with Fessimer. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, got a I mean, big fountain. It's it does found family rights. It does. It, yeah. It's a it's very heavy on that that theme, and I, I think it it does a great job with it. Um. Oh, that's 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 really nice. Um. Uh, Kyle, what about you? Uh, I wouldn't really say it's a it's a personal moment, but I just wanted to just give another shout out to just the whole uh, just the whole setting of the game. Like everything looked amazing. Everything was beautiful. I there was even if I didn't really feel like playing it at all, I could just sort of walk around and just look at stuff for like just hours, and it it would be I would feel good about myself just because of how amazing <laughs> everything looked. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, even in the like the one-off places you could ne- n- could never go again. They, there's mm. so much detail and love, like all of the places that you go when you're, uh, you know, um, following Mister Sneaky Elf to the rest of the Elf Lands uh, are amazing, yeah. and those you can only see once. I I I, I guess I'm also just going to do another shout out, man. Um, this like. I, I have seen very few games use coloring as well as, as this game does. Like the the way that they're so dedicated to the different like the, the different vibrant colors they choose to use for everything and like the, the warmth and the saturation of the coloring, like honestly it reminds me a little of like Ghost of Tsushima, like why I like it so much. That it's just like it, it's beautiful artwork, like in in The Witcher Three. Like it's just I love I love intense coloring. I love extremely bright, vivid coloring in games, and like, man, they they like super delivered on that, and that that really helps sell me on it, honestly. Um, so I don't think I need to ask if any of you recommend it. I think we all heavily recommend this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. So I, I I personally recommend if you your PC can handle it, get it for PC. Yeah, I agree. Um, mm-hmm. just because there's a couple of quality of life mods that make you know uh, things a little bit nicer. Yeah. Um, like they don't change the the main gameplay mechanics, but they. They they deal with your inventory management yes. a little better and the no fall mod. Yes, which... I, I yes. okay. I I wanna. We've been too nice to this game. Let me <laughs> let me be mean for a minute. Um, we've this The Witcher Three has some pretty intense UI problems. I think, um, especially with their inventory system. Um, I think it's extremely confusing for new people, and I had to like look up stuff on how to even drink like my potions and stuff because you can't just like <laughs> Fair. you can't even drink them from the menu you have to like equip them and then like it doesn't even tell you what's equipped to what when you leave the menu and it's like a lot um i i, I, I think, think that could use some improvement but... i think they have actually released some ui improvements because i remember yeah, you can when we were playing now. it yeah. yeah when we were playing it the and i think it's the default hud now when you're on your um your uh or your uh, sign selection screen, mm-hmm. it will show you the what's equipped to what in your you know your D-pad selections. Oh right, right. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to recommend, which made this game so much more like gorgeous for me, is that there's a mod on PC that's like for 3D world markers, and it removes the mini map and makes it a completely there's no HUD on the screen. And all you all it does is place like actual markers out in the world, like that you walk up to if you need them. So mm. you just like open up the map and you like click on a place, and you know you can see your objective is like oh it's like 300 meters away in that direction, but like you know it's it, it's so totally unintrusive and it lets you like really observe the beauty of, of, of like what they've made there. Mm. Um, I always try to play games without a HUD if, if I possibly can. So that's just me though. Um, 
And there, there is one thing, um, and this is going to seem super nitpicky, <laughs> but there is one quest. It's like, I think it's the first quest where you have to fight a werewolf, and it says recommended level level seven. I was not able to beat that quest until I was level twenty. So I just want to say that for for new people that might not be the quest to go to, <laughs> even though it might be the level for that quest, because that werewolf regains his health way too fast. Yeah, sometimes the level like, suggestions yeah. are wrong. Sometimes they're way too high for what you have to face, and sometimes they are low. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree. I think that that could use some work. Also, like. At least it's not like Assassin's Creed where they like literally cap you from like playing it if you're not at that level or whatever. I mean, you can go try. Oh, yeah, it. you can always oh, yeah. try it. And fail. Yeah. I would. I would. Yeah. I like we to have the several times. But it, I'm, a lot of the times, if it's too high, you're not gonna be able to do it. But yeah. sometimes you can do it, and yeah. you'll feel super accomplished when you do. Also, if you <laughs> if if anyone hasn't played The Witcher Three at all, like I think the closest thing I can probably draw a resemblance to is the newer Assassin's Creeds, like Origins and Odyssey. Um. That's that's probably the closest thing, but it looks more like Breath of the Wild with like the open world and stuff. So anyway, it's 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 good. It's got a lot of good stuff in it. Um, if you liked the Witcher-esque Assassin's Creeds, yes. try the <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, odds are, if you haven't played The Witcher, you've probably played a game that drew at least some inspiration from The Witcher. Yeah. yeah. Breath um, of the Wild included. Ghost of Tsushima included. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I do want to mention quickly that like uh, CD Projekt Red definitely has been in the news for maybe a year now because they have some pretty intense crunch problems and some stuff that I've, I've seen that I would consider like bordering on employee abuse. Um, they, uh, directors over there have been like really adamant about people working like, you know, a hundred hour weeks every week, uh, during development and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, letting people go who aren't willing to do that. Uh, it is kind of a bad situation, I think, but I, I'm hoping that it's better now that they've taken so much time to work on, on Cyberpunk, you know? Hopefully. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that, like, delaying it by, what, seven, eight months like they did uh, until November has, has let them relax a little, but I'm, I'm not sure how that all works in game development. I mean, a lot of game development has way too much crunch, and yeah. just in general, we should move away from it. It's... Some amount of crunch is inevitable, and I say that having worked in uh, software development in non-game related. It's just the the, the belly of the beast is, as a deadline approaches, things are going to crop up, but you shouldn't have constant crunch. Yeah. Yeah, like, and and I'm I'm just not a I'm not a fan of them releasing games and then having it be this is just an incomplete game and here's some DLC further down the road. Yeah. That actually finishes the the main game that they should have released. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, nobody nobody loves that. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, like the main thing I think I that like kind of I noticed with with CDPR was one of the directors of uh, The Witcher Three saying like, "Hey, like that's what we're about here. We're 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 about sacrificing our lives to make these games, and if you don't want to do that, you shouldn't work here." Which is a little bit like insane to me. Um, yeah. But I mean. I guess I also think that there's a lot of pressure put on this specific company because they created what a lot of uh, people consider to be the best game of all time, and they're having to follow it up with something. And <laughs> I can believe that there's a lot, a lot, a lot of pressure on them right now, um, especially with the way the hype is for yeah for Cyberpunk. I've, I've, I've just, I just don't know if I've ever seen a game as hyped up as Cyberpunk. <laughs> um, 
the and I'm 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 really excited for it. I'm I'm planning to play it day one, and I'm hoping that it's amazing. Um, I am still a little bit I- I- iffy on if it will come out this year. Because <laughs> um, I think was yeah, it, wasn't I'm... it just like a week ago they said they weren't happy with how the combat was working? Yeah, yeah about a week ago, exactly. Yeah. Um, Which I mean, I, I don't even I don't even mind if it gets delayed because I want it to be released the I, right way. Yeah, I do too. Like, yeah. I mean, that's my thought on like Halo Infinite too. Like. I would much rather that game like wait even a year and like release and be like amazing, you know. You know, let's just wait so long in Halo Infinite that we can actually create the Spartan power armor and play it ourselves. Ooh, <laughs> we'll LARP it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, Halo um, LARP. Okay, so let, let's let's wrap up our discussion on this. Does The Witcher Three need more or less ghosts? A lot more. I think more. Yeah. yeah. I think the answer to that is always more. It's it's usually more. Even if they even if they did more, it would need more. Okay, like I have to say, one of my favorite quests was I think this might have been in Blood and Wine. Uh, there was like no a... heart, Hearts of Stone. I know the exact quest you're thinking of. You got to take a guy to a wedding. Oh no, that that wasn't actually the one I was going to do. But tell me about oh, that it one. Oh, wasn't. Yeah. Okay, so uh, one of the the Hearts of Stone, the main plot line is you have to uh, complete this guy's impossible requests. You have to show a man's brother the time of his life. The problem is his brother died five years ago. So, so Geralt lets the man's ghost possess him and takes him to a wedding. And this yeah. whole scene, the act, the voice actor playing Geralt is doing a totally different voice. And like the sprites, the character model stands differently. He reacts differently. He is a different person. Yeah, it's great. It, it, it's a man great. talking to himself. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a, that's actually a wonderful one too. You're right. Um, the one I was going to mention, I think, is in Blood and Wine, which is where you go to like a cemetery and there's like a dead, uh, like a long dead like husband and wife that are in this like um, uh, tomb together and that like hate each other vehemently. Oh, that and one! Both yes, both of them yes. are like arguing that like their family like owns this tomb and like the other one has to leave, even though they've yeah. been, both been dead for like a thousand years. It's um, my family's yes. tomb, but we paid to yeah, keep like, it from the creditors. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's very fun just settling a, a marital dispute that's been going on for like hundreds of years. Um, and uh, so the game handles its ghosts very well, but yeah. it still always use more ghosts. Always just give me more. <laughs> I mean, like also if the noon wraith counts as a ghost, I thought that was so cool, dude. Oh yeah, noon oh, wraith. Re- remember Gagos Island? Yes, Gagos Island. <laughs> So one of the islands can spawn both a night wraith and a noon wraith, and if you oh, get it at fight. exactly the right time, no, they don't fight. Aww. They just fly around each other, and they'll both fight you. And we, so we, we were joked first that they were like two gay wraiths on their honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is kind of fun. All right, um, let's uh, let's get out of here and uh, move to our next bit here. Uh, time for games. Uh, Kate, tomorrow is your birthday, and so Correct. we're going to be. We're going to be doing a birthday bash here, um, and it's Ooh. a literal bash. Um, I've asked everybody to select three celebrities slash historical figures that share their birthday, um, and we're going to kind of throw them into the pit and have them fight and see who's going to win. Um, well, before we start this, speaking of birthdays, can I do a shout out to my fiance? Yeah, because today today is my fiance's birthday. Happy birthday, oh. and she's happy she's she's graciously allowing me to do this podcast in the middle of her birthday. <laughs> that is nice. But uh, happy birthday, Summer. Yeah, oh, that's good. Um, okay, so uh, let's uh let, let's everyone get your squad together. Um. So let, let's start with Kate. Uh, who did you who did you bring? 
So I've got Madonna. Okay. I've got Steve Carell, specifically wow. as Michael Scott from The Office. Okay. And I've and I've got Good King Wenceslas from the Christmas song. Wow. Oh, Wenceslas, yeah. Wow, that's a good poll. I didn't even think about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most people don't tend to think about yeah, Good King I've, Wenceslas. I'm yeah, never thinking about Wenceslas until I'm already there, and then I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, did he have a sword? Probably. Yes. Um, yeah, I would think so. Um, all right, uh, Tim, who, who, who have you brought? Uh, well, I could bring a number. I, I was going to bring Mohammed, but apparently there's been a dispute <laughs> about whether his birthday is on mine or another one. So instead, I'll go with Dolly Parton, oh. Utara Hikaru, and I, can, uh, I, I think I'll go um, for... I could, I could go um, Edgar Allan Poe, but I think I'm going to go with Robert E. Lee for the combat prowess. Wow, yeah, he's good at combat. Yeah, and I mean, he, it shows Dolly Parton. That's true. I I, I yeah. have to say, like, shout out again. I love Dolly Parton. I admire her so much. She's such a she smart is, She's woman. amazing. Um, Besides, she can summon Jolene, the destroyer of that's worlds. That's true. Um, Utapi Hikaru would just stand there and distract everyone when you walk away. Right, yeah. And I want to just say, Utapi Hikaru, I think, is probably best known for doing the Kingdom Hearts song, the, like, uh, Simple and Clean. Like, yes. Is the way that you <laughs> Hilariously, though, uh, she has called out. She, when people are being dickheads in her concerts in in America, she's literally gone and pointed at you. Stop that! Don't be a dick. And then gone right back wow. to singing. Yeah, she's fully. She grew up in America, so she's fully oh, okay. fluent in. in gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> who do you who do you who do you two bring? Oh yeah, Kyle. Who who have you got? Uh, okay, I got a uh, I got Jessica Biel. Okay. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So you got the Invisible Woman. Um, former Heisman Trophy winner and pro MMA guy, <laughs> Herschel Walker. Okay, um, MMA guy is good. He did two whole MMA fights, so wow. yeah. he's basically legit. Yeah. Um, and obviously the GOAT, Alexander Graham Bell, <laughs> who can call people to death from the other side of, this, of the field. He can call Hello a friend for support. Hello from the other side. I love the idea of Alexander Graham Bell like, inventing a telephone during the battle to make a summon. <laughs> <laughs> who el- how else are you going to fight Jolene? That's yeah, true. exactly. Alright, um, I have assembled uh, Daniel Radcliffe, who I think is going to have all his Harry Potter powers, hopefully. <laughs> So he's uh, not going to be able to do anything very useful? Well, he's going to be able to disarm Oh, he's going to be able guys. to ride on a broom. <laughs> um, ah. <laughs> and then I've got uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, rest in peace. Okay. And uh, I've, I've, final, I've rounded out with uh, Slash, who's going to play a sick solo and distract you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got two wizards on my team. Uh, okay, I, I gotta say, I... I'm trying to think who has like this. If, if we're gonna throw all these people into a pit, I'm trying to think who's gonna come out of this alive. Um, I don't know. Like, I think that I think I don't know. I feel like I feel like for some reason Dolly Parton runs the pit is the problem. Yeah, I, yeah, like... I see that. <laughs> I feel like she might be doing a medieval times thing. Welcome to pot to Park Dolly Land. Get in the pit. <laughs> 
Um, he puts so the those shenanigans Michael Scott again. tries to scream, I, de- I surrender! And they're like, you can't just scream that you surrender! I like, I like you know, like, the, doesn't she run the medieval times and, like, the pirates thing and all that stuff? Like, I think she owns all those things. Like, Dolly yeah. Parton's battle arena would be, like, so- oh, <laughs> okay. oh, she's, she's done a lot of investing in a lot of cool stuff, and I'm trying to remember what, um, there was something that was especially amazing in it, it eludes me right now, but she was responsible for it. Um, it was... Uh... Oh, it might have been Farscape. Oh. I think she was responsible for helping fund Farscape. That's that's actually pretty cool, too. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to gonna give it to you, then, since you okay. brought Dolly. <laughs> Dolly Parton <laughs> I think that'll and be the Eldritch Abomination to yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. All right. Uh, everyone, uh, well, let's, uh, let's head over to the Wishing Well. Um, <gasps> uh, please... Uh, Everyone, uh, bring out your commemorative uh, Geralt coin, and uh, obviously we're going to be tossing these to everyone. Please, we're going to be tossing these to your Witcher, obviously. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> oh, Valley of Plenty. Yes. Oh. Um, everyone, please grab the your coin, and we'll we'll go around. And so, my my thought in this is, and uh, 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 maybe novel is a little bit too restrictive. I was thinking like another because I know cyberpunk comes from a tabletop RPG. Um, it does. But uh, I was thinking, like, okay, let's let's make a wish for another sort of may- maybe open-world RPG kind of thing, a- adaptation for, for CD Projekt Red to do next uh, of a property okay. that you think they would do a great job with. Um, all right, who wants to, who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. Um, I have been reading a book called Mistborn. No, that was mine, you ass! <laughs> I'm stealing it! I'm stealing it! <laughs> Believe it or not, I thought about that and decided that somebody else would. <laughs> That's why okay. I wanted to go first. This is a bad just I, didn't want to <laughs> I gotta uh, hold on. I'm gonna look through my, my books real quickly. Kyle, keep going. All right. Uh, well, basically, in Mistborn, they have the ability to use different metals uh, to do different abilities, and I, I feel like that would just that would translate pretty well to. Uh, to an RPG type of uh, type of thing. The whole um, the whole book is set up like an RPG though. Like everybody yeah, exactly. has fucking like <laughs> powers and like oh I need to drink this metal like I'm running low on mana and I like have to you know it's like oh I can see the blue sight lines leading me to other metals and it's like it's so easy just do it yeah, just make this it. This would be perfect. <laughs> Sorry, Nira, for stealing yours. Okay. <laughs> okay. <sighs> um. If, uh, uh, Tim, what did you bring? So I've, I've got two. One, one more traditional, one more out there. Uh, the one slightly more traditional is the Wheel of Time series, which is a big, oh, sprawling epic that technically did not complete until after its author was already dead. <laughs> yeah, actually... Uh, oh, they got Mistborn guy to completed, finish it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Completed by Brian yeah. Sanderson. Yeah. Uh, and the other one, which is out there, but I actually think it would make for a very good, like, playable RPG, is the El Hazard universe from the series of the same name. Um, like, the series was, was uh, it's, it's an anime from, uh, like, the mid-90s originally. It's got a very, like, interesting, colorful, bizarre world that I think would be great to just have people run around in and do dumb stuff. That does sound fun. 
I would like a open world CD Projekt Red RPG based on Stephen King's Dark Tower series. Oh, um, good. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Where you could play as a gunslinger and travel around the world repairing the beams that lead to the Dark Tower. I would kill for something like that. Not Geralt. I wouldn't kill Geralt. <laughs> no, we don't have to kill Geralt. That's not part <laughs> yeah. of this. Okay. <laughs> He's, he, he'll, he'll always be here. Um, okay, good. Uh, okay, I am, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm strolling through my Audible library. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm panicking a lot, uh, ooh, um, no. Just wanted to throw a wrench in all of your plans yeah, here. Pale um, blue dot, pale blue dot, no. <laughs> um, what else is in here? Ooh, uh, no, not the, the Handmaid's Tale, no. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> I mean, you, you, since we were talking about magic systems, you could cheat and, you know, go with Jack Vance's stuff. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, listen, open world RPG. I want the hand you, you can't go very far. Want, Your I open want... world is not very open. No, I, no, no, no. It's, it, that's just level one. It opens up after the tutorial. Ah, okay. <laughs> is that before or after you get stoned? Um, it's, okay, no, you're... Listen to me, you you escape from one of these compounds, right? And you're just like yeah. fucking on the run, and you also are a ninja, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, alright, I, I, alright, maybe I should prepare multiple things in the future. Um, it's just two votes for Mistborn. Two votes for Mistborn, five, four votes for The Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um... <laughs> okay, uh, well, let's 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 wrap this up. Uh, so, thank you everybody for for joining us today. Um, this has been uh, Game Busters, a podcast from GameBuster.com. Please uh, check us out. Uh, we've got a lot of cool articles. We do news, features, uh, reviews, all the good stuff, and uh, we've got a YouTube channel too. Um, I've got a fun stuff. I've got a fun thing coming up where I'm gonna drink a lot of drinks until I figure out what Bioshock Four is gonna be. Um, <laughs> So uh please uh We'll have please... the stomach pump on standby. Yeah, I'm gonna um I'm gonna be drinking Bioshock tonics until until I like <laughs> reach enlightenment basically. So uh come join us for that. Um Kyle, do you have anything that you wanna plug? Uh just being oh God, alive. I didn't, know I, was, I, I didn't know I was supposed to plan something for this. Uh Nope, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um uh Kate, Tim, do you guys have any external plugs? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at DareLetstonTance, and uh, don't forget to toss a coin to your Witcher, O Valley of Plenty. Yes, we also have a series that should be coming out soon called Console Tours. Oh, yeah. Where, ooh. Yeah, we're, we're, at, we're starting off going through Pokemon's Sinnoh and comparing that to uh, Kate's nostalgia for Hokkaido. Yes, I actually lived in the Sinnoh region for two years. So. Yep, and, and took, became the champion. Wow. I did. True facts. I am, you beat the elite. I'm the champion of Sinnoh. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, I think I'm immediately that. happy that I didn't have anything to plug. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, so, anyway, uh, last, yeah, just uh, Kyle, thanks for joining us as our, our special guest today. Um, hey, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, for, uh, thanks to Todd Howard for making The Witcher 3. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, and uh, so let's uh, have our our winner take us out. Tim, you won the Hall of Fame luster, so please uh, guide us out with your famous uh, catchphrase that you always. Say. All right. Well, I'll, I'll uh, as always. This, my last words are somebody else's last words. This from the the great philosophical movie Clue. I'm going to go home. 
Thanks for the